Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McManaman. This week, Sean and I are discussing visual controls, what they are, and how to use them. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show. Sean, how are you doing today? Good, Les. How are you? I am doing fine. Uh, We're getting thunderstorms here in Texas. Wow, really? Yeah. It's, it's it, tough. it rained. <laughs> we need good. we need the rain. <laughs> I know. But you know what? You know, you seem to get it too in the spring when, you know, you kinda of want to get outside after the winter. Yeah, true. So I, I guess it's pretty good getting it now. Yeah, no doubt. So um today I thought we'd kind of uh, move on down the list and talk about visual controls. We we kinda of went over uh um five S uh, quite a bit, and then uh, we talked about A3 reporting uh, last week, and it kind of makes sense to roll on into uh, visual controls. Uh, visual controls would be one of those things that you're kind of doing a lot of the times during your 5S, but it can be done in other areas and other ways. So I guess the first thing we probably ought to touch on is, so what do we mean by visual controls? I think maybe that's a that's a good place to start right there. Yeah, well, visual controls, you know, really boils down to communication, communication and guidance, right? And doing it visually, I think, makes the the effect stronger. Yep. Uh, That is a great way of, that is a great way of putting it. Right, because people listen, you you can hear, you can hear what what, uh, your manager says or what your colleague says, but, you know, if it is in front of you, all of the time with the right message. The thing is, you know, the, the information that you put on, on some kind of visual control, whether it's a placard, you know, we'll go into some examples now, a placard, a TV monitor, um, just lights. sticky signs. Lights. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, we, can, we can talk quite a bit about and on lights. Exactly. Um, you know, items that, that direct the need for action. Yeah. And Basically, I, that's what it turns out to be. And I think that uh, one of the other words, because that's a great summary, the way you summarize that, I think one of the other words I want to associate with it, though, is also creativity. How creative can you get making that communication? And, of course, I'm going to bring up a word here that we'll probably wind up talking about in a later show, but pokey-yoking it at the same time, which is error-proofing. I so, was thinking, yeah, good thing. Good thing I, I'm, I'm somewhat patient now in my old age because I would have <laughs> yelled, I would have yelled, yeah, pokey oak, <laughs> pokey oak. <laughs> you know, so pokey oak is error proofing. So you know, it's kind of a natural extension to that. But you know, so you brought up, um, you know, some examples, and I think that um, you know, of course, some of the easiest visual controls are signs. You know, highlighting uh, where things are located, how things are located. Um, another one is and on lights or some sort of lighting system. So what we mean by that is, you know, some sort of system that tells, tells somebody automatically, uh, the state of something with a light, things are running well. If it's green, uh, there might be a few problems if it's yellow, you're purely in shutdown mode if it's red, you Mm -hmm. know, so, uh, uh, you know, so actually I was going to give it, I was going to give an example here of, of, Something that people might see that are and on lights, it, it, it's not as as uh, in your face as what you just mentioned there, red, yellow, or, or green lights. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the supermarket, if if you're checking out and the uh, the checkout person 
you know, doesn't have cash to give you change or something like that, what do they do? They they turn on their light on a certain um, toggle and it blinks. Yep. And that and that's the sign for the manager to come over and help out. Yeah. So by doing that, they're not having to pick up the phone and yeah. and and page the person and all that kind of stuff. They've got an immediate response. The person can probably go back and keep working. You know, in this case, keep keep ringing maybe other things or, you know, ask that person to wait a second while they ring somebody else up or, you know, who knows whatever the situation is. is, But but they've they've created a visual control that now with a little bit of training, somebody can uh, address it with immediate action. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Yeah. Good good, uh, discussion on that. You know, so I think. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, I know. I, I get so excited with these conversations. You know, I don't talk to you for a week, and then I just want to keep on just talking. Which, which, you know, in the management life that we that we live, I keep preaching to listen. But you know, now you try to our this, purpose here is to get as much information out as possible. Right? This so, is your time to unload. <laughs> so, um, you know, one thing that we should, um, you know, clarify or make sure people are thinking about is that is that visual controls happen both electronically, like in spreadsheets, as well as physically in your work environment, like yep. at the end on license, like that. But like in a spreadsheet or your ERP system, if if something doesn't work, like, like a date is later than it should be for something to be delivered, you know, the cell can turn red. Yeah. And that's the same, that's the same visual control. Hey, look at me. Don't look at the 50,000 things that are going fine. Look at me, this red one here that's popped up that meets some kind of action. So hence that's, uh, you know, thinking about a, a digital world, jumping over to that. Cause I was going to kind of jump over to, you know, the TV screens. Um, uh, the, one of the big things right now is, is dashboards and having a dashboard that shows exceptions and shows emergencies as opposed to just lists of data, you know, because, uh, the emergencies and the actions are what require something. So you're right. So if you had a, let's say you had a TV screen, it was presenting, you know, a list of jobs, an and-on or a, um, a visual control might be that the job is highlighted red whenever the margin drops to, you know, 15% or whenever the date, ship date is within one week of being due. It maybe turns yellow on the screen. So, yeah, from an electronic standpoint, both from what I would call a front office standpoint and a back office standpoint, you've got ways of, of working with with visual controls. And I was going to uh, add to that that a lot of people in the front office don't think visual controls really pertain to them. And you bring up this, this great example that that's not true. That, uh, yeah, you know, that's one of the reasons, why, like I said, why – why dashboards are are becoming more and more popular. You know? Yeah, I, I would say uh, one of the major areas in most companies that could use more visual controls is accounting. You yeah. Know, and when when invoices are coming due, rather than rather than manually looking or having some outside system that says, "Oh, I've got to look at what is due in the next month," and then go search for what's due in the next month, have some visual control, some forethought planning. I'll always stick planning in there. Um, have some planning that generates some kind of signal for you to look at. Hey, what's coming up this week, next week? You know, the thing is with visual controls, you can be you can be more just in time. Right. You know, instead of looking on the first of the month, what do I have to do for the rest of the month? You can look at the first of the month. What do I have to do this week? 
and then the eighth of the month, you can look, okay, what do I have to chase this week? You know, so it makes it a little more palatable and and controllable mm-hmm. if if you can if you can get your workload into smaller chunks. Right. And, and, and how does how does a system help you get your workload into a smaller chunk? To me, some automatic or at least you know some kind of visual control over what you're managing. Right. You know, one of the things you um, you, you brought up uh, off air that will probably wind up being a topic unto itself, but uh, is really a form of uh, visual control, and that is uh, Kanbans. So Kanbans uh, allowing you to stock and manage the appropriate amount of, of pieces and parts and then keep those pieces and parts fed at the appropriate amount as, as work is flowing through the environment. Um, a lot of times I've seen it done with you know sliding systems, uh, just like a, a hamburger at McDonald's, you know, it slides into that tray and uh, slides into that slot. People can see how many hamburgers they've got lined up, you know, as they're ordering stuff, pulling it off. The guy in the back can see, oh, I've only got one left. He can slide two more down in there when he gets them cooked, you know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, kind of an example of, of what you would be doing, though, with, except for with parts and with assemblies, um, you know, and then, you know, using some sort of card system. So that's that also is kind of a, a very visual a very visual tool that's used on the shop floor. You know, I think a, 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 you know another one. We talked we talked a little bit about signage, but I think labeling of of shop floor and uh, pathways and uh, ensuring that it's that things what we call and this is not really a, a an official term, but that things have a parking place. You know, every piece of equipment, every um, uh, everything that's used in the environment has a home and a parking spot. Mm-hmm. You know, and you try to to put what goes with that item near that parking spot. You know, so it's kind of like the uh, you know the car has a parking spot, pulls in the parking spot, and it has the tools right there next to it needed to work on the car. You know, <laughs> so. Right, and it all flows together with you know our five S discussion. Uh, it does. Um, visual visual controls. Yeah, where where do you park the cart with the tools on? Where do you park the the, the parts that are kitted by the materials handling people mm-hmm. for the job the next morning? You know what kind of uh, pre work do you do? And then so when when the workers come in in the morning, they've got their cart. It's in the spot. They can get right to work. No questions asked. Everything works. In fact, one of the things we're getting ready to do in, a, in several of our areas is um, we bought a couple of uh, 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 slanted racks, really nice stainless steel uh, slanted shelf racks with a lip on them, and we're going to foam out each of the racks to have in the rack just what's needed for that area. So we're creating a, a test area, and that test area will have a rack in it uh, with foam on each on each level that will hold things like uh, test gauges and testing valves and caps and and equipment just for testing and it'll be in this foamed um, mm-hmm. uh, material so that one f- from a visual control standpoint you'll be able to tell if all your equipment is there when you go to test any given time. If something's not in its place, 
You know, we've even thought about when somebody takes something that they slide a card in. That might be a little little extreme for our environment, but I do know that there's a lot of companies uh, that um, go that deep with, you know, um, uh, visual controls because of things like FOD, foreign object mm-hmm. debris. You know, they can't afford the the thought of an Allen wrench being left in a, a piece of equipment like an airplane or a big engine. So how they keep track of that is that somebody will actually pull the pull the part out that they need to do the work with and put their card in a slot. And then when they put it back, they can pull the card out. That way, if it's empty, they can see who had it and they mm-hmm. can make sure that that person is either one still using it. If they're not, where the heck is that? Park because it better not be sitting in the bottom of that engine. <laughs> <laughs> and almost more importantly, uh, you know where I'm going to go with this. What, is that how surgeons work? So they don't leave tools inside you. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. Do they have kind of a way of making sure that they've accounted for everything? Because mm-hmm. you know, like in the aircraft industry, that obviously involves lives. Mm-hmm. And just like in the surgical industry and medical industry, that involves lives. So, you know, there there are times as to when it's very appropriate to uh, make the visual control extremely visual <laughs> and extremely uh, uh, usable. So, you know, I don't know if in our environment we'll require people to put their card whenever they take a tool. That might be a little extreme for, you know, our our arena, but the, again, the thought process is still there in that you're trying to make things extremely organized. So here's, here's my, and I'll show you. People can't see. Here's my my visual control on a, on a uh, ledger sheet of paper. Oh, it's nice! My, it's my whole shop with uh, the outline of the areas for responsibility of uh, five for five S. That is perfect. Did you see that? I so, did see uh, that. I have one just exactly like it, and you can, and I've actually even drawn what all goes in each area, uh, so as I, so I can tell when an area is completed. So literally, I've drawn. You know, I, I use I use Visio. Maybe that's my pick of the week. I don't know if I've ever picked Visio or not, but but I used Visio because it's actually got a a lot of the pre built symbols for you know shelves and and. Um, tools and drills and all that kind of stuff and i was able to as i moved from location to location i could figure out where was i going to put down those lines on the floor you know what equipment were going to need parking in there and how was i going to make that parking you know show up correctly and label it correctly because we even once we define a parking we parking spot we even give it uh, a couple of letters to define so that we all know hey that garbage can belongs in L2, not, you know, L1 or whatever, you know. So we've even gone that far with some of our labeling. So here's a question, and, and this is the this stage that I'm at now, is to, is to buy a piece of equipment that uh, can generate the labels. Do you guys have so, your own label maker? No. So we, we did quite a bit of investigation on that, and that's a, that's a great segue because, you know, you've got to make the decision because labeling will be a big part of visual controls, uh, and, and, and usually it's vinyl labeling, uh, but you know, we, we do have, we do have a, um, laser burner for doing like, uh, laminate signs in our environment. Cause we do a lot of labels for our product, 
Um, but but what you're talking about usually is more of a vinyl scenario. And mm-hmm. and we actually did some research on a couple of companies that you you can buy the the um, the equipment to actually make your own um, si- vinyl signs. Uh, you're looking at anywhere from three to four grand somewhere in there to do that. So it's a little bit expensive. But we wound say, up. Go ahead. I'll say. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but it, I'll, I'll say yeah, three three grand. I think whenever I got a deal, somebody out here in the West Coast that I've been dealing with on five, you know. I, they, they're like five S people because they they provide that type of service. Yes, buy their equipment. Yes, and uh, but yeah, like about three grand, twenty four hundred bucks on you know the big sale with a whole bunch of vinyl. Like, and it had a and it had a vinyl printer kind of thing where it would cut it, yeah. and you could do. We so we looked at that, but we finally wound up. Okay, first thing we needed was was vinyl tape for the floor in which you can buy in four and three and two inch sizes you can also buy uh different types like uh black and red uh follow the standards there are some standard colors out there that mean certain things i would not stray too far from that um and then the other thing we did was we found a place that actually sold uh vinyl numbers and letters they'd sell you a big sheet yeah. Already made, and we got yellow, you know, black letters on yellow, and the yellow goes with our lines. Um, and you can just peel off the letters and the and the numbers and use that for. But now, if you're wanting to do a an actual sign that says something, we haven't we haven't done anything to do anything like that unless we just uh, purchase pre made vinyl signs. Which there are some companies that do, you know, like for fire extinguishers and and mm-hmm. danger signs and things like that. But if you're needing a custom sign, um, then then yeah, depending on how often you do it, then you know go the route of the custom maker. The problem with that is is you got to have an expert, a an SME in house that knows how to run it. And then are you going to be making enough vinyl signs to warrant the cost? That's the the question yeah, there, and, I, and maybe we'll talk offline about how much how much do you pay for fire extinguisher signs and stuff like that, as opposed to yeah, as opposed to if I were if I were to make those and the custom signs that we need, you know, like like uh, anyway for our equipment, you know, we would, we would put signage as to where the equipment goes and what's what's proper, right. Yeah, and, and like I said, that's where we finally just said, you know what, we're just going to buy some letters for the time being, and that's going to take care of most of what we do. And then we use our uh, uh, laser laminate cutter. So like I in each zone, I actually have a 6x8 um, sign that says this zone is called material control. You know, So it's material control zone. Owner is... Anthony Michaels or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that sign is, is actually put up on the, on the wall above the zone and it's, and I'm standardizing it with a blue laminate. And when the laser cuts it, it cuts it past the blue and the white shows through. Mm-hmm. It's one of those type of laser cutters, you know, that cuts yeah. just a yeah. certain amount. And, um, so we already had that machine because we use it for, you know, tags on equipment and stuff. And so, um, uh, so I, I, I and I, t- I got creative. I took um, a, t- a couple of nuts and a screw, and I actually made it to where it stands off the wall uh, about a half inch, and it looks it makes it look kind of sharp, you know, kind of gives some depth to the to the little sign sitting up there. And, and the guys are kind of proud of their their area, you know. They they understand. Hey, I own this area. I've got standard work that tells me what to do in this area, 
And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of my area. I try to keep it clean. I, you know, I try to make sure that everything is in place, that, you know, the stuff is, is, is kept populated with the appropriate inventory, things like that. So, you know. Hey, here's one question then for you, and hopefully it's beneficial to the people that are listening. Do you have every square inch of your shop covered with, with an owner? Not yet, no. Uh, and will we? Uh, we'll be pretty close, yeah. We actually yeah. Wind, will wind up being pretty close to having pretty much everywhere uh, assigned. Um, the The production area's got natural assignment, uh, because, and, and what I mean by that is we use the production area and uh, and assign people to an area as opposed to a person owning that area. So what they'll do is they'll know what they need to do once they're in that area to work. But other than that, the kind of the peripheral of the environment, pretty much everywhere is, is, is assigned. The material control is assigned, storage is assigned, metal rack is assigned, uh, crating and woodworking areas assigned, testing is assigned, paint area is assigned, equipment area is assigned so you know pretty much uh, everywhere that, uh, around the shop is is assigned and then in the middle it'll just be wherever you get assigned to work whenever product comes through um so it'll be standard work for that and that, yeah that's good that's good and, and to label and like we've talked about visual control so everybody knows especially if you are working in an area that you don't own at least the visual controls give you the direction as to where you are and what potentially has to be done. You know, one other area to touch on uh, as far as visual controls go, and that is safety. Anything you can do from a, a safety standpoint, to uh, anything you can do from a visual control standpoint that supports safety is is that much better. So, you know, making sure you have signage, and this is where we get back into signage again. You know, do you have an, if you have an area that, you know, you can potentially get your fingers pinched, you know, do you have a little vinyl sign that you can stick there or whatever to show that, hey, this is an area where you can get your fingers pinched? You know, like in our case, you know, the metal rack, the vertical metal racks, uh, they're, they're handling that stuff by their hands. You know, they're not using equipment to lift it. And so there's a potential to get their hand caught or pinched just by moving stuff around because they're looking for pieces of metal in that vertical rack. So, you know, there yeah. should be a sign there that shows, you know, potential pinching. You know, the, the horizontal saw should have a sign on it that shows the potential of cutting your fingers off, you know, if you stick your hand in there because <laughs> there's no automatic cutoff on that thing. You know, when it's going, you need to stand back, you know. Sure. So, sure. you know, so I think, uh, you know, some of that signage and, like I said, I, I've, I've found – I've gotten quite a few catalogs that are pretty thick uh, that have a lot of good standard signage, electrical stuff, you know, sure. dangers, finger cutoffs, you know, slippage, you know, things like that. So, you know, I think when, when you are getting to the point of doing signage, you know, kind of compare as to whether it makes sense buying it or having a, having a piece of, of equipment that allows you to do it in-house. Yeah, and, so. and I'll say I am leaning. I'm leaning towards buying the machine and the the uh, tape from a specific company because of them being a resource. Sure. For for you know what what to do next to bounce things off of them and uh, have them always as as a a five S lean partner. You right. Know, you know, resource and, and, and partner. They want me to buy more tape and everything like that. There'll be a time when you're. 
when you're done with your labels for the most part, and they, they do last between three and five years. Right, so you, you have, have to replace them. them. Yeah, so in fact, we've already, yeah, because we've already had a situation where we had to replace some of our tape. And I told the guys, you know, the nice thing about this is, is if we tear a piece of tape up, it's not the end of the world. We can pull it off and, and do it again. You know, that's, that's not that big a deal. The key is, and the shift in culture is for people to take action. If a piece of tape does get ripped up, mm-hmm. or some some label does get removed or damaged, oh, we need that, you know. Rather than ah, who cares? Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to go there. Instead of if it's halfway peeled off, instead of them pulling it all the way off and throwing it in the garbage can, they they actually pull it off and replace it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's good. I, I, I would agree because <laughs> some people would probably just pull it and wad it up and throw it in the garbage can or something. No, it was annoying me because it was halfway off. Yeah, kind of like you had a label on a beer bottle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. So um, um, I guess I kind of had a little bit of a pick. You know, we had said we weren't going to have picks for the ending of the show, but uh, uh, I guess I brought up Visio for, you know, the the drawing of, you know, your area. How big is the area that you're actually uh, uh, doing? Uh, well, my shop, my shop is about 400 feet long by 90 feet wide. 400 feet long. Oh, wow. So how many square feet? I, you know, I, I can't multiply in my head that much. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> 400 by 90, 36,000 square feet. 36,000 roughly? Yeah, I guess so. 36. Wow. So pretty good size. Make sure I got all the right zeros in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is a good size shop. Good size shop, forty ton crane. I think, I, yeah, because we're only, I think we're only about uh, uh, fifteen or twenty thousand square feet in our shop area. Mm. Yeah, so we're all right. So if you want to use that as your pick, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you and the listeners that uh, you know I, I'm always in search of you know the fun things for my hobbies and things like that. So last weekend, spent a lot of time looking at. Uh, Mirrorless cameras, since that's my, my that, is, besides, that is definitely besides, your hobby. I don't yeah, even know what a mirrorless camera is. I know. Well, I guess I can guess, is, but <laughs> right, a DSLR camera's got a mirror, and you hear the the the, uh, the mirror move. So they've got cameras now that they're a little more electronic, um, and and the way the way the uh, optics work through the lens. Um, so I think I decided that uh, the because the, mirrorless cameras are getting getting very popular. They're nice and light, and they're small. Believe me, I'm carrying my my big old DSLR with the with the battery grip underneath it. It looks good. It looks impressive. People think you're a really good photographer. <laughs> I, all right, not, that's for I'm not to say if I'm a good photographer or a bad photographer. People look at my pictures can tell, but um, people think they assume if you're carrying a big old camera with a big old lens, you're a professional. Yeah, that you're professional. But yeah. uh, mirrorless mirrorless cameras now are really becoming more popular even in the profession of, of photography so um, so is that going to be your next buy yeah well hopefully as christmas comes up yeah <laughs> um, yeah the fujifilm fujifilm uh xt2 is a very nice camera wow okay yeah yeah so, so are you a photographer uh, uh aficionados yeah. out there you know go it's, check it's that fun. out Yes. So um, I hope that uh, everybody got something out of this topic on uh, visual controls, which I'm assuming cameras fall into that uh, category. <laughs> yeah. Good job. I didn't even think about that. Visual controls. Yeah, you know, and I think that uh, Visio falls into that category too. Starts with a V. It's, it does start with a V. 
I hope that uh, everyone has enjoyed this episode, and uh, we will be back with you next week. Have a good evening. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man vs. Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week.